because sometimes people are like oh they're just doing it for attention and why can't you eat and it's like it's, it's more than that it's complex it's complex because just how it's never about your body it's never about the food are back with another shiny things whoop, whoop. <laughs> uh we are here with bay again our wonderful guest from a few weeks ago hi and i apologize to you and our listeners i've been forgetting to do this because you're someone very close in my life so i know your pronouns but our listeners don't know your pronouns mm. uh so if you wouldn't mind what are your pronouns i go by she her awesome and i as always go by she they so welcome back to the show thank you for coming back of course since we last heard from you uh you went on a road trip yes i did it was very fun that's awesome i'm glad you had to get you guys had a, you how long were you gone for um i went on the road trip with my boyfriend monty um and we were gone for five days oh, okay for some reason i thought you were gone a full week but I think uh, I well didn't. we were originally planning on going for a full week um but we decided to cut it to five days so that Monty could kind of have the weekend before work. Ah, that's fair. Um, and also we missed the little animals. Yeah. So it was hard to be away from them for that long. It was the longest I've ever left Moose. Oh, no. He did pretty good. He came yeah. over once or twice. Yeah. It was good because he had the company of, like, the roommates and stuff. So he was never, like, actually by himself. That's good. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad you're back and I'm glad you had a good trip. Yes, uh, it was very fun. Where where all did you guys go? Um, we went around the Olympic Peninsula, and then like kind of cut to Spokane, and then um, circled back. But we took the like long way back. Um, so the one that's like not on I five. So we went through like I think it's like Winthrop, um, okay. and the Cascades and stuff. So that was really fun. Oh, awesome! Cool, cool, cool. And this is your first tour through Washington, yeah? Yes, it was. I've gone to a couple, like, places in Washington. I've been to um, uh, Port Angeles, because that's where my aunt and uncle live. Oh, awesome. Okay. Um, but I haven't really been anywhere else besides, like, Seattle and Bellingham. So, what was your favorite stop along the way? Um, my favorite was Forks. Oh, really? Yeah because Monty and I are kind of on a vampire kick right now. Okay. So that was fun. And also the like weather was like all foggy and stuff. So it was nice. very, had vampire aesthetic. Nice, nice. Um, and then afterwards we got a really nice camping spot, which was really nice because cool. yeah, we stayed in some other camping spots along the trip too. One in a campsite and then another one on like a back road. Um, and the one at the campsite was nice, but it was just, like, we didn't have, like, the privacy of, like, our own spot, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And then the other place was infested with wasps. Oh. So that really sucked. That does not sound fun. Yeah, it was camping. super shitty. We just, like, had to hide in the tent because they were, and they were, like, super fucking aggressive. Like, they were killing each other. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so we, like, got up at fucking, like 
yeah, at 5.30 in the morning to, like, get up before the freaking wasps got up. And they were literally up. Jeez. <laughs> like, they were awake. And so we, like, threw everything in the car. Like, we didn't even take the tent down. We just, like, unhooked the pole so it fit in my car and just, like, shoved it in the back oh and got the fuck out of there. And then we, like, pulled over later on the road and, like, actually unpacked and, like, put everything away. Oh, my gosh. Where where was this bee infestation? Great question. Was it just some, like, random road on your way? Yeah. Yeah, it was a campsite out by, well, not a campsite. It was, like, a back road mm-hmm. um, out by Ocean Shores. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. That's a cool area. Yes. It, I really liked the like town part in the like beach we should have camped on the beach Mm. but we were we were silly so would the beach have i've heard that if you camp on a beach mosquitoes become a problem oh i don't know i I don't know i've never camped on a beach i don't know if that's fact or myth but i don't know (laughs) someone tell us yeah let let us know in the comments of some social media that we have (laughs) Um, well, it's interesting that Forks was your favorite, because uh, I've heard that it's quite disappointing for people going through. <laughs> yeah, there's not really much there. It's definitely, like, super small town vibe. Like, super small. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I don't know. It was fun. That's good. I mean, I'm glad. Um, I don't think... I don't think I've ever, like hung out in forks if i've been to forks it's just driven through so yeah i I feel like i would have remembered if i've been to forks but i i don't think i have yeah we also went to uh la push we did the whole vampire territory nice and werewolf territory because technically la push is not vampire territory there's a there's even a sign where the uh territory line is what yeah oh that's super cool yeah, your guys' vampire lore is very interesting. Uh, you guys have started watching... Vampire Diaries. Vampire Diaries, and Monty has merch, just like he has for everything else. Yes, he has a, uh, a Damon flag. It's like a... It's it's like a... It's a flirtatious it's flag. It's saucy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a little spicy. It's cool. But Damon's a little spicy, so it works. So... I'm going to be honest, most of the time I had literally no idea where I was because like Monty did all of the driving and I would, he would just be like, we're here. And I'd be like, oh, sweet. Like we could like literally have been in a different state and I would have not known. Valid. Yeah. I feel like sometimes the, besides the fact that there's usually giant signs that say welcome to. Yeah. What'd you guys do in Spokane? I forget. Um, we did, um, wait okay um we did a lot of stuff in spokane we rode the like gondola thing over the like falls and that was really fun that's so cool um we went out to eat at a couple places and it was super good we had really yummy food so that was like awesome um and that's where we went to the melting pot oh that was about to yeah yeah super fucking good so, for those who don't know, what is the melting pot? It's a fondue place. Ooh. I know. It's so bougie. I've never had fondue. I have had fondue, like, three times in my life. And the first two times, I hated it. 
it really depends on the cheeses you use because mm. I feel like traditional fondue is quite bitter. Mm. I I don't know much about fondue, but I, you told me that a couple weeks ago. So yeah, and they also have chocolate fondue for the like sweet tooth lovers. Uh, I am a sweet tooth, so that sounds very appealing. Yeah, and then they have like fun little entrees, and you like cook them yourself. Oh yeah, how was that? Uh, how was that experience? I feel like Monty had a... Monty was a little stressed out, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so there's, like, two things that you can do. You can get, like, a pot of, like, really hot water and, like, boil your, like, meats in the, like, soup, like, hot soup or hot whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand it. Um, and then, or you can do, a like, pan and, like, fry them. Hmm. Like, your meats and stuff. Interesting. And, like, veggies so it was really fun nice how was their uh vegetarian slash not meat options their vegetarian options are definitely lacking um i if you are a vegetarian and you want to go i would expect to like just have the fondue and the chocolate fondue um you there aren't very there like is no um vegetarian entree option so something to keep in mind Thanks. Thanks for that info. There's also one in Bellevue, I think. Yeah. My tip, if you're vegetarian, is to just get two cheese fondues. There you go. If you're ever at the melting pot or somewhere similar, good to know. So this week, uh, we're going to be talking with Bay about diet culture because that's something she's really passionate about, and I love learning from her and like learning with her and stuff. So thanks. Uh, I guess to start, um, well, great place to start is what is diet culture? Cause I think yes. a lot of people don't know what diet culture is, yes. which is like super normal. I want to like really acknowledge that like a lot of the things I'm going to say and a lot of the information you're going to hear is very new. Um, and I think like it also really challenges what a lot of people think. Um, so I do want to preface with that, but yeah, so diet culture is kind of the idea that we're surrounded by these things that promote the idea that our body is wrong and that we need to be doing things to change our body and typically make our bodies smaller and that that means and equals health. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, like, good examples of diet culture are um, even, like, subtle ones. So, when you are scrolling on social media, seeing weight loss ads. Yeah, yeah I remember um, my fresh, first fall quarter of freshman year uh, in my gender and, so- gender and society class, mm-hmm. uh, we read a book called The Cult of Thinness. Mm-hmm. Um, and it talked a lot about, like, kind of uh, the beauty industry and um specifically like photoshop and mm-hmm. stuff like that uh with popular icons and stuff like that with body yeah. image yeah and so th- i think that was like my first view of what diet culture is mm-hmm. um although it seems to be a lot deeper and more varied than just that yeah i think i think that it's a lot more prevalent than we think it is um, and I think it shows up and sneaks up in ways that, like, 
you don't always like immediately recognize I think a lot of it is especially masked in being healthy um which can mean a lot of different things to people and so and I also think like as we as a society have a very skewed version of what healthy is um but like with your example I was also thinking when you said my freshman year another example of diet culture is being scared and talking about the freshman 15 yeah I remember talking about that in that class specifically because it was a class of mostly I would say women probably Mm -hmm. um and there was this a comment made from a guy in the class was like this like isn't relevant information like why are we talking about this which I think was very bold for someone to ask Mm -hmm. it's like obviously this is important if there's an entire class about it but um and like several different people in the class were like no like my parents or family members or friends are constantly talking about my weight when I have like male counterparts and you're not worried about weight like yeah um I mean I do want to acknowledge that like men also experience um like weight stigma and they also experience like they can also experience like uh disordered relationships with food um like one in 30 men have an eating disorder but i also want to acknowledge that it's a that is more prevalent in women um and that societally we do like push and target women a lot more than we do men and so that makes a lot of sense and it's something that i think is really fucked up it's fucked up like that's another example of diet culture it's mm-hmm. fucked up that like it's just socially acceptable to talk about how much somebody weighs or mm-hmm. what somebody looks like and being like oh like they're so fat or like they've really gained a lot of weight like that's none of your business yeah and it doesn't really matter no um also thank you for clarifying the um the like stigmas around like men and stuff because mm-hmm. that's definitely something I struggle with still with being like as a woman and non-binary person like mm-hmm. with everything that like is influenced on me I definitely forget about the fact like it's similar to like mental health stigma mm-hmm. for men yeah um so that's definitely something like I'm trying to work on and yeah be like it's more encompassing than that so I, I appreciate you also clarifying that as well um but yeah uh, speaking of like it's none of your business for weight related topics mm-hmm. it's there is a client I'm at work um, mm-hmm. who is, I think, five or six. Mm-hmm. Like, very small child. Mm-hmm. And the supervisor on that case limits... We technically limit snacks for all the kids just because, like, there's a limited quantity of snacks in the building and we, like, want to make yeah. sure that we're not spending thousands of dollars on food yeah. every yeah, month. that makes sense. Which is valid for yeah. any business. But for this specific client, the limitations are smaller than mm. the other Mm, I actually thought about that. And it's very frustrating. And one of the supervisors, or one of the um, other BTs recently, I don't know if I should be talking about any of this, but they recently quit. And there are rumors that it's because of that specific case Mm -hmm. that the supervisor, who was in a thinner body, um, was stigmatizing this child and being like, no, they need to be skinny. We need to get them moving around more and eating less, which is Hmm. so fucked up that Mm -hmm. that's being put onto a five or six year old kid or anyone for that matter like Mm -hmm. yeah 
I think you bring up a really good point that the pushing of becoming healthy and being thin equals healthy that idea gets pushed on you at a very young age it's not something that it's something that's ingrained in people's brains it makes a like if you were listening to this podcast and you're like fuck this lady like she doesn't know what she's talking about like if you are like a fucking fat ass person like of course you're unhealthy like that is a very normal thought to have and I'm here like I'm I don't expect to like change your mind in like 45 minutes like it took me years to like learn and internalize this information and so I want to like recognize that like this may feel uncomfortable but like yeah the idea that you are smaller and when you become smaller that makes you healthier is just completely untrue and I think the idea that like in America we have a child obesity problem is ridiculous um yeah I and I also think that like research shows that as soon as you start messing and tweaking with your natural body cues you will begin to have a disordered relationship with food um and whether or not that like develops into something extreme which loki it probably will um i think it's important to note that like you should just never be promoting you i think it's important to promote healthy relation a healthy relationship with food because this is something that's going to last their entire life like you're never going to stop eating you're never going to stop needing food it's a vital source for you to live and so it's important that you have a good relationship with with it and it's not something that like stresses you out and causes you anxiety because it's something that you're gonna have to do a lot yeah and like so for example um like with that kid like it doesn't really make sense to me because if you think about it um it kind of is an example of what is called the like restrict binge cycle so when you are so when you are taking things from him and restricting the amount he can eat or even something like oh he can't have donuts anymore because those are his favorite food and he eats it way too much and that's making him fat right so we're gonna take those out of his diet and he's gonna become healthier because he's not having as many carbs he's not having as much sugar right mm-hmm. but like in actuality especially children need carbs to function they require more carbs than an adult so your child if your child is eating a lot of carbs that's good um and your child should be growing um and if you can teach them that like they can trust their hunger cues they can trust their cravings um then chances are they're gonna grow up and they're gonna like and that ties into the restrict binge cycle because when you start taking those things away your like body and mind will start wanting those things because you're deprived of them which makes sense and so that's why typically when a lot of people go on diets and they like cut carbs out like they're obsessed with carbs all they can think about is carbs they wish they could have that piece of bread so bad 
or when you cut sugar out you're constantly thinking about sugar you're you know you really want that piece of candy or whatever it is you know like you're drawn to the thing that you are restricting because it provides like vital resources and vitamins and things to your body and not only that but it's very like there's definitely an aspect of like when you eat food you have to also have that mental satisfaction mm-hmm. and that so if like if you're craving pus if he's say this child is craving like goldfish mm-hmm. and you're like oh well goldfish aren't healthy so i'm gonna give you carrot sticks yes the kid may physically get full mm-hmm. but mentally they aren't satisfied so they're still going to be thinking about food. They're still going to be thinking about the goldfish. They're going to be thinking about the next time they're going to get goldfish. And it's like, if you had just given them the goldfish, then their mind can move on to something other than food. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's unfortunate that that's not just, like, the way... Like, that just... That just makes so much sense to me to, like, give your body what it wants. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, like, grr. That makes me so upset. Yeah, and then it's like, well, chances are, also, like, next time he has access to goldfish, like, he's gonna probably go crazy and eat a fuck ton of goldfish because there's that mentality of, like, fuck, well, I'm never gonna get to eat goldfish again, so I better eat as much as I can. And that's also what, like, dieting or having gym days and then having a cheat day. It's like on that cheat day, you're going to go crazy because like you never get these foods. They're special. They're put on a pedestal above other foods. So you're like, fuck, these foods are special and I never get to eat them. So I'm going to eat them because like, I don't know, the next time I'm going to get chocolate, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, where if you just gave yourself a little bit of chocolate every day, like then you wouldn't have that obsessive need to have chocolate and chocolate wouldn't be put on like a pedestal above other foods it's just the same as any other food it kind of like that kind of resonates in my brain with like drinking water it's like as a kid i always heard like you should drink x amount of water every day whatever um and then as i got older it was like well like yeah you're supposed to drink x amount of water like per your body weight and then a few weeks ago one of our friends was visiting they were like no you should just drink water when you want to drink water like if you feel thirsty drink water like there's i don't know if that's the same thing but that just like it resonates similarly in my brain of like yeah yeah um yeah yeah i also think a good example is uh peeing oh yeah yeah because it's like you're never gonna be like no i'm just gonna hold it like that makes no sense you need to fulfill a need just like you need to fulfill a need when you're hungry. So it makes no, it like logically doesn't make sense. So also with the child, if your like ultimate goal is to like, quote unquote, make him healthy, right? Like if you look at the science and you look at the research, the best way to do that is to teach him how to have a good relationship with food mm-hmm. because like, when you start having that disordered relationship with food it's really hard sometimes to break out of that Mm 
because it like impacts the way that you forever view food um yeah so I think if like yeah so I think the right thing to do in like this scenario in my personal opinion is to allow the child access to the food that they want to eat because I don't think that like in any case restriction is the answer um and ultimately we don't know what's going on in that child's life um and I believe in emotional eating I believe that that is a reason to um I, I think that that's a valid reason to um like eat that also fulfills a need um so I I just think that that like it doesn't make sense to me that you would restrict food, um, especially for a child. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me either. Um, I think a common response to this phenomena mm-hmm. of, like, whether or not we give kids, like, what they want to eat or whatnot, I feel like a very common response is, like, okay, well, we need kids to exercise a lot or whatever mm-hmm. just to, like, fit into that stereotypical like thinner body of like what's a healthy image or whatnot um and I know uh, a while back you would listen to a podcast that I thought was very interesting about um the presidential fitness test mm-hmm. um would you mind speaking on that for a second yeah how that fits so in? well I do want to acknowledge that physical like I don't want okay I don't like the word exercise so I'm gonna say movement um I do think that movement is important for kids I think that ultimately movement is important to everybody but movement can be a lot of different things um us dancing at the club last week that's movement and it's like that's fun I'm not thinking like I'm not like fucking on the stairmaster for fucking 45 minutes and I'm like I freaking hate my life that made my heart happy dancing. but it's yeah but it's like that's movement playing tag with your friends that's a movement um yeah and it's like i think that we tend to forget that like movement can be movement is just like moving your body and it doesn't have to be intense exercise and i think as long as you're able to live your life doing the things that you want to do then i think that's all that really matters that makes sense to me yeah thank you for clarifying the movement versus exercise that's another another thing that's been drilled into my brain yes i'm learning yes relearning yes yeah takes it, it it takes a while and it takes a lot of practice um It goes against everything that you've learned through society. And these are messages that you've been told since you were, like, very young. Um, And so it's hard to unlearn those things. Um, Yeah, and I mean, fuck. Like, it's taking me years. It's, like, intensive practice. As far as the um, presidential fitness test, um, I think that might be a whole nother thing. Okay. But if you are interested in learning more about the presidential fitness test, there is a really good episode about it on the podcast maintenance phase. Um, And they have um, a couple other 
uh, really good episodes if you are interested in learning more about diet culture. So they are very, they are a very good resource. Heck yeah. Thank you for, thank you for that. Also, thank you for your honesty and steering away from that conversation. (laughs) Yeah. And I have a, the eighties, nineties moms, they're like doing like, yeah, whew. They are a generation of eating disorders. Mm. Yeah. Because they were pretty heavily targeted during that time, and they are, like, ooh, there's a lot of people who have serious, serious eating issues in that age demographic. I think there's also, like, a distorted image in people's minds about, like, what disordered eating is. Like, um... It's another deep dive. <laughs> yeah. So I think a more like generalized question, because uh, I have a, a per- perception in my brain of what I've been taught. Um, but what is disordered eating? Um. Okay. So I feel like to kind of understand disordered eating, you need to go back a little bit. So um, there are basically three kinds of eating. Okay. There is uh, normal eating there is uh intuitive eating and there is mechanically eating oh okay yeah so um the first one normal eating is kind of what you do when you're a child so it's like when you're hungry you eat when you're not hungry you don't eat okay it's pretty standard and it's kind of like you're living your life You've never really had any negative thoughts about food. You've never really had any serious body image issues. Like, you're, or the, like, negative, yeah. You just, yeah, you're just chilling. You don't really have a relationship with food. It's just there. It's just a source of, like, fuel that you put in your body. And, like, sometimes it's really great and yummy. And sometimes it's not great. But, like, you just eat it. Okay. Okay. So, next I'm going to go to mechanical eating. So mechanical eating happens when you like stray from normal eating. So you are having like really negative thoughts about food or um, the thoughts that you're having about food are impacting the way that you eat food. Okay. Or impacting the habits or rituals or rules that you may have around food. And so mechanical eating is some is where you like are on like a meal plan, for example. Okay. Um and not a okay i want to clarify that it's like a meal plan is not a diet it is a guideline um for people who have had disordered eating in their past um and are not ready or their body isn't physically ready um like it may not be producing hunger signals um, because if you have suppressed your hunger signals for a long time they will eventually go away and so Uh, your body needs to relearn to send you hunger signals because you've been ignoring them so long that your body because okay what happens is like your body sends you a hunger signal and you're like oh I'm hungry I'm gonna eat but when you start ignoring that you you don't and you're not eating you don't have enough energy so your body's not gonna waste the small amount of energy that it has to send you a hunger signal that it knows you're gonna ignore oh okay yeah so you like if you restrict for long enough you can lose your hunger signals or and your fullness signals 
And so that can make eating really complicated and really hard. And so what mechanical eating is, is when you get put on, like, when you're given guidelines of, like, what you need to be eating every day as a minimum. So a stan- the standard mechanical eating plan is three meals, three snacks. Um, and that is your minimum. It's just making sure that you're meeting all your nutritional needs and getting, like, everything that you need to support yourself and your body to like function the way that you want it to and like also it gives you enough energy to like do things and be engaged and all of those things because when you start restricting you start to lose those things um and then lastly we have intuitive eating and so that is when you kind of have moved out of mechanical eating and you are getting to a point where you do trust your body you do trust your hunger signals you do trust your fullness signals um and so you start listening to those rather than mechanically eating so you're not going to do the standard like three meals three snacks you might do like three meals two big snacks yeah but it's a lot more of just like listening to your body and what it needs and kind of trying to go back to that normal eating but the difference is because you've experienced that disordered eating you have to make sure that at minimum you're meeting your nutritional needs so in intuitive eating you are meeting your nutritional needs where in normal eating some people are not meeting their nutritional needs oh okay okay that makes sense So to answer your original question, disordered eating is when, is any time that your normal eating gets disrupted. So I think a lot of these behaviors that go with disordered eating um, are pretty common and pretty prevalent in our society, Um, but they kind of are like good signs that like you've kind of crossed the path from like normal eating to disordered eating is um like if you're counting calories if you're cutting out food groups if you're uh having smaller portions if you um are if you weigh yourself a lot um if the weight that you see when you weigh yourself impacts the way you eat If you are constantly looking at your body in the mirror or feeling your body in places that like maybe you don't love, um, kind of things like that, where like your relationship with food starts to get complicated. It's not just something there that like provides fuel to you. It starts having like meaning. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um, A question that's coming to my mind is, like, so, like, with, like, this is just off the top of my head. I don't mean to stereotype things, but um, in, like, TV and stuff with, like, Mm -hmm. football players or, I think, wrestlers, Mm -hmm. there's, like, some sort of meal plan with that. And, like, I think there's other athletics as well, but, Mm -hmm. like, with, so with athletics, I guess, Mm -hmm. there's definitely from what I understand to be a trend of disordered eating, mm-hmm. is that, like, I don't even know what my question is, but I I guess 
is there a way to like have athletics without the disordered eating like that like because from what i understand with like football and stuff like they have to like eat a bunch so that they gain weight to be stronger I, that's a very primitive understanding of what because i don't i don't know anybody. i literally have no idea how football works but okay. i do know with wrestling okay you have to like <clears throat> if you want to go up a weight class you have to like gain weight okay yeah. and if Let's you want to go down a weight class then you have to lose weight okay. which you really shouldn't be trying to change your weight so it's really the disordered eating that has like shaped the way that some athletics perform that too mm-hmm. sounds like yeah and i mean that's why you see a lot of i mean that's why you see a lot of uh women athletes come forward saying that they have experienced eating like they have had an eating disorder in their life um and you see it a lot in retired figure skaters mm. i i could i could understand that um I also want to say that, like, I, I do think that there are probably a very large number of men who have eating disorders um, and are athletes, but I think that because of the way that we view men in mental health, uh, they're a lot less likely to come forward with their stories. Yeah. I think, I think that would check out, too. Something that you mentioned a couple times was um, with the mechanical and in, intuitive intuitive mm-hmm. uh, e- eating. Uh, you you mentioned that there's like a uh, kind of like a, a the guideline for nutritional eating. What does it mean to have like a nutritional? I don't want to use the word diet. What does it mean to n- nutritionally eat? Like, because I think stereotypically it's like salad, salad, salad. But from what I know, lettuce is just water, basically. So, like, what does it mean to, like, nutritionally eat? Um, so, basically, to... Okay, I don't love the phrasing nutritionally eat. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. First, to backtrack. Um, also, athletes are not put on meal plans. They're put on diets. So, I want to make that clear. That when you cut out food in any way that is a diet okay when you have a meal plan you have your base um you have the base amount of things that like sustain you and give you energy and then you you add to that you never take away okay but a diet you always take away gotcha um yeah yeah so there is like a base nutrition that you need to be nourished um and i think like it would yeah i yeah okay 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 yes okay so there is a base that like you do need to like be nourished and have energy and so that's kind of like your nutritional uh eating is that what you said nutritional eating yeah so you're eating enough nutrients that like give you energy to live your life um and recognizing that that can come from all foods because there aren't there's no such thing as a good food or a bad food it's just food um like a cookie breaks down the same way in your body as like an apple 
it might give you different kind of energy but it is just food um and so recognizing that you can get all of those like nutrients and vitamins from like basically like recognizing that you can get like a lot of those nutrients and vitamins just from like eating what you want and eating what you're craving because naturally your body will tell you and if you haven't like messed with those hunger and fullness cues at all your body will tell you what it wants like it if you've never restricted before it's highly unlikely that you'll sit down and be like okay well i'm gonna eat three large pizzas it's highly highly unlikely but if you have restricted for a long period of time or restricted a lot there's a good chance that that might happen (laughs) because you're starving and that's not a bad thing that's not something to be ashamed of that's not gross it's just natural because you're hungry um and so i think yeah um and also fun fact vegetables are the least important thing to eat you can get all of your nutrients and all of your vitamins that you can get in vegetables from any other food one of my favorite things that jc has like ever told me is that mac and cheese is like one of the best meals to eat Mm -hmm. because it has all of and pizza yeah and i'm like i love mac Mac and cheese is my Mm -hmm. number one favorite food she's like it's probably one of the healthiest things you could be eating in terms of like well i don't think she's used that specific language but like in terms of like all your food groups Mm -hmm. most of them yeah i'm like that makes me happy yeah so well thanks for um thanks for explaining that yes of course um um i also think uh an important thing to touch on is dieting yes um because i want to recognize that a very large percentage of people diet so you said that dieting is whenever you remove anything anything from your diet yes um i would assume that that does not apply to like lactose intolerance or like food allergies right or would that still technically fall under that definition? So, personally, I believe, and also what, like, eating disorder centers believe, um, is the only foods that you shouldn't be eating are foods that you are allergic to, foods that are bad, like, 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 literally bad, like, rotting. Okay. Or, like, very, or, like, expired. Makes sense. Or foods you genuinely dislike. Those are the only things that you should not be eating. Makes sense. Um, and as far as lactose intolerance, um, unless it's like literally like crippling, um, I personally believe, as long with eating disorder centers, that um, you can still like enjoy that food and indulge in that because you can take lactate. Oh, yeah. I always forget about lactate. Yeah. Um, There's something accessible to you that allows you to enjoy that, and there's nothing wrong with taking medication. And so I think that if you want to, like, indulge, if not indulge, I think if you want to, like, enjoy and have, like, ice cream and cheese, um, and all it takes is just taking a lactate, then I think that you should 100% do that. Cool. I don't think I've ever heard that before. Yeah. I don't think that there's any reason to restrict yourself if you don't need to. Um, I guess my, like, big question for this part of our conversation mm-hmm. is, like, I, which, 
I, I don't know exactly if you know the answer to this question, um, but I'm curious as to like where, where and when diet culture like originated. Because I don't, I'm not sure, but this mm-hmm. doesn't seem to be like a as bad as is is as it is in in the United States. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's as bad around the world as it is here. But that it depends on where you go. Okay, um, I just like at least from like my experience as living in the United States, um, having witnessed like all of the corporations and shit that has like, they serve to profit Mm -hmm. and benefit from diet culture Mm -hmm. and like capitalistic society. So. Yes. So. Yeah. (laughs) So here's a little fun tidbit. I love fun tidbits. Yes. So way back can't remember when it was like i uh yeah it was it was back i believe it was in the late like 90s or early 2000s um they there was like this meeting at like some health organization right Mm -hmm. and the meeting was about how we should classify Americans as obese. Well, that's a f- chipper topic. Yeah, it's a fun meeting to be at. So, they were kind of discussing this, and the people who ultimately decided what would happen, because if I got the... It, I'm Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that, like, doctors and the people who were, like, actually qualified to make this decision um thought that like we should um actually make the uh they think that i think they thought that we should like leave it the same leave what the same uh the categorization for obesity oh okay um but then the people who got to make the choice was this big company that sells dieting products and so the category category for obesity was increased. And suddenly overnight, thousands and thousands of Americans became obese. And then suddenly the obesity epidemic started. Mm. It's funny that the people making making these things are usually never the ones directly impacted by said yes whatever yeah and i mean if you think about it objectively as well um if you raise a crisis such as the obesity epidemic everyone freaks out because they're like holy fuck we can't all be like stupid fat americans right because like that would just be the worst thing in the whole world Mm -hmm. so then you start pushing this idea of like oh my god like you can't be obese that's gross you need to be thin because that's healthy right and then you shame people into thinking that their bodies are wrong and that the problem is that their bodies when in reality you can be healthy at any size and you can be unhealthy at any size and honestly if you want to live your life and be unhealthy who gives a fuck do what you want it's nobody's business anyways yeah anyways so when you push this like scary thing like the obesity epidemic People start 
like feeling ashamed of themselves and feeling ashamed that their body is too big and then you have these diet companies and these diet products coming out that are promising you that if you do this your body will be smaller therefore your worth will be better therefore people will love you more and i think that like this idea has been kind of implanted in people's brains especially people who want to lose weight that like if they lose their if they lose the weight that they want to lose then magically their life will be better it's like if i lose the weight i won't feel anxious about this anymore if i lose the weight my husband will love me again if i lose the weight blah 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 and it's like if you think about it like those problems need to be solved on a different level and it's not about your weight Mm -mm. um it never is about your weight um and i think a really good example of thinking about that is when you look at pictures of yourself at a time where you maybe didn't love your weight and you were maybe really unhappy with the way that you looked and you look at that picture and you're like fuck why did i think that i look good it was never about your body yeah in middle school um asher and i moved to our to bellevue in like right before fifth grade so mm-hmm. we had one year of elementary school and then middle school and high school um and it was like kind of difficult for me to make friends mm-hmm. um just because i'm like anxious as hell and introverted <laughs> um and so when we got to middle school i really wanted to be friends with like the quote-unquote popular girls mm-hmm. um and they all they all looked a specific way mm-hmm. and like i felt that i didn't look like them and so if i looked like them magically we'd be friends yeah um and i remember just this like i didn't really think about this until I, until i started going to therapy this year but i remember like looking like getting to ride in the sh- in shotgun in my mom's car and like the the airbags mm. the airbag has a like a sensor a sensor yes and i remember being so excited one day that i like it didn't go off like because i think it's it goes off at a certain weight yeah it goes yeah or whatever and so like it was it was the first time i'd gone in my mom well not the first time maybe but like i remember the sensor went off and like whatever and then one day during my sixth grade year it like didn't go off and i was like i'm i'm like it's fine like i it didn't go off and then i was like that's bad yeah that's dangerous i'm like i don't want to be in this car right now because if an airbag were to go off I would probably die yeah. like that's not good and so at that point i like was like why do i want to be friends with these people like mm-hmm. just because of the way they look um turns out they were all horrible people <laughs> yeah. so i'm glad i wasn't friends with them but that's like my personal anecdote of similar experience yeah. to that yeah yeah if somebody's telling you that your body is wrong you don't need to be friends with them no and also like if it's i also remember freshman year of college which is like we've already discussed a very difficult time for a lot of people uh i remember like continually getting ads for these like weird diet pills Mm -hmm. but they were free because they're like they're free if you can like show us that you're in college or whatever Mm. and i'm like it's a fucking scam what is this and that's also really sad because like i don't know when you think about a college kid like you typically think about someone in their like early 20s and 
it's just sad that they're targeting such a young demographic Mm -hmm. because you really don't need to be dieting um and it really doesn't serve you um and i think like your experience is a very common one um and i think like i mean i was that person yeah i think that makes a lot of sense um and then also with like freshman year um another example of diet culture is when we kind of entered the pandemic and we went on like lockdown for like the first time right Mm -hmm. and it was like that weird period in like april ish yeah yeah and it was like we were like on lockdown right everyone was like isolating um and people were like we're gonna come out of covid like so fit i'm gonna come out of covid so fit because like i'm just at home so like i'm gonna work out and i'm gonna be so fit and i come out and i knew that there were like there was also on the flip side a lot of people who were like really scared about after covid because their bodies had changed and they felt ashamed of that and people hadn't seen them in a while and so their bodies looked different and that was scary um and i think like it's just I, I think, like, that's a really good example of diet culture. It was, like, a trending media thing to, like, be fit and lose weight for, co- at, like, in the beginning of the pandemic. So when we came out of the pandemic, you would be a skinny legend and you'd be a hot girl, you know? And it's, like, actually when the pandemic happened, there was a huge spike in eating disorders. Um, and, like, the Nita... Uh, NIDA is the National uh, Eating Disorder Association. Okay. But the NIDA, like, hotline, like, was... They had, like, high volume of calls. It went up by, like, a very large percent. Um, And teen eating disorders went up a ton. Like, it, it was a very challenging time for people. And I know people whose eating disorders started when they began their fitness journey for covid wow that's scary yeah i think it's definitely something to start trying to like pay attention and notice because diet culture really is everywhere um yeah i i speaking of like the pandemic experience um on tiktok uh i like originally was on the side of like making bread all the time mm-hmm. and then like when hot girl walks first started because mm-hmm. they like would go with their families or whatever just mm-hmm. like get out of the house yeah i get that me and my brother yeah had, me and my brother had to go on hot girl walks just to not Ooh. kill each other in our house very bad yeah. um but then it morphed into this like because now i'm still well i wasn't on it for a while but now i'm back on hot girl walks mm-hmm. uh and it's morphed into this thing where it's like oh, if I don't walk six miles today, like, blah, 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 like, I'm going to be really disappointed in myself. I'm like, why don't you just, like, if you want to walk, that's fine. Like, you do you. I like walking. Like, JC and I go to, like, Patton sometimes, and we walk, and, like, mm-hmm. that's really fun. I'm like, just walk until you're happy, like, or, like, until you're until you're done. Like, you don't have to walk a certain amount. Exactly. Like, and I think that, like, that's a really good sign of disordered uh, like having a disordered relationship with um, exercise and food is when you start obsessively being like this is what I need to do or if, um, I don't get these many steps in like I'm a failure or yeah because it started out with like hawker walks or like a way of self-care to like mm-hmm. I don't know get your mind off the fact that we're in a global pandemic and just like go outside because you haven't been outside because 
literally you are isolating yeah also that <laughs> um and now it's like it's like God, don't morph what it means to be a hot girl yeah. please yeah while we're on the topic of dieting i also want to touch on um like the success rate of dieting so kind of back to your point on like big corporations scamming you like this is a scam dieting is a scam because 98 percent of diets fail which is i'm sure as some people have experienced i mean i experienced it of trying a diet and you lose some weight at first and then you're like fuck yeah and then you gain it back and it feels really bad and you're like wow i suck and in reality you don't suck it's like your body cares about you and your body fights for you and so if it wants you to be at a higher weight it will make you hungry so you nourish yourself and care for yourself like your body is not your enemy so diets are like literally designed to fail it's not your fault and it doesn't make you a bad person it doesn't mean you have no willpower if like you do a diet and it doesn't work and i think it's like a very common experience to like yeah to try a diet doesn't work try another diet doesn't work try another diet doesn't work um the average woman has tried 47 diets in her lifetime what and it's like that is a significant number um and i mean like i mean like i was that person like i i like i've tried many many diets i took diet pills for years and like ultimately like that didn't end well for me and dieting is the number one risk factor of uh an eating disorder and so it's very common for dieting to lead to disordered eating which leads if you continue down that path which leads to an eating disorder because disordered eating and eating disorders have a very close blurry line Mm -hmm. and so i think it's just important to recognize that like ultimately diets don't help you they just harm you i also think that there is a very common misconception that once you reach a certain age or once you're in a state like i think that there's a very common misconception that your body shouldn't change and there's a very general belief that your body shouldn't change when in reality your body is always changing Mm -hmm. and it will always change it will never stop changing and it's okay if you don't fit into the shorts you fit into last summer and it's okay if your body changes because it will change and it will continue to change And I know that, like, that can be a really scary thought for people. But I think, again, just, like, trying to remember that, like, like, your body is the vessel that, like, you live in and it cares for you. It will do everything in its power to protect you. And so you need to trust it. We were talking a little bit about this earlier. Um, But with this, I feel like more recently, probably in the last, like, Uh, 10 years or so there's Mm -hmm. been a really big push for like the body positivity movement Mm -hmm. um which i think there are massive benefits from that movement but i also Mm -hmm. have seen some challenges that we discussed earlier Mm -hmm. um because 
I agree that the body positivity movement has brought, um, like, I do believe that, like, it has been a positive thing for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but I, it also was created for fat people and fat people are people who are in marginalized bodies. Um, they are people who are discriminated against. They are people who are openly judged. Like, I feel like we've come to a place in society where you would never go up to someone and be like, why the fuck are you smoking? Don't you know that's unhealthy? Don't you know it's going to give you cancer? Like, true. but it's socially acceptable to go up to a fat person and be like, hey, you really need to lose some weight. Or aren't you worried about your health? Or like those things are still socially acceptable to talk about and it's still socially acceptable to criticize fat people openly but as far as the body positivity movement like it did originate because fat people were in marginalized bodies and are in marge okay it originated it originated because um like fat people just are in marginalized bodies they have a very different experience in the world than people who are thin it just is fact Mm -hmm. um and i think that a lot of the body positivity movement these days is led by very thin white women when there's a lot more to uh that like kind of world Um, because I think it's super important to acknowledge that, like, eating disorders and disordered eating do not discriminate. Anybody can have an eating disorder. Anybody can have disordered eating. Um, any race, any gender. And I think, like, often people think that, like, oh, someone who has, like, a disability couldn't have an eating disorder. They they can. Like, anybody can have an eating disorder and in fact only six percent of people who have an eating disorder are medically underweight so i think that's something to really think about because i'm sure when you hear the word eating disorder you think uh, it's not uncommon to think about a small very very thin white girl and i think that like that's a very very common thought when in reality that's not the average person who has an eating disorder those are very rare cases Mm -hmm. um but the body positivity movement is like right now small thin white girls are at the front of it which i think can feel frustrating sometimes because ultimately it's not like ultimately they should have love and feel love for their body but this is a space for people who live in marginalized bodies because they don't have that support anywhere else yeah i also want to mention that like body positivity doesn't feel attainable for everybody and that that is like super normal super okay um and a really good place to work towards is just body neutrality and just kind of accepting that like you have a body and it is your body and it helps you live it 
helps you function it's your vessel it's yeah it's your vessel um and you don't have to be like i love my body uh my thighs are so curvy and great like you don't have to love your body but you have to respect your body And so if body positivity and body love feels like something that is a little out of reach because I know what it feels like to have hatred for your body Mm -hmm. and it and it's not something that is going to change overnight and you're not going to wake up one day and be like, holy fuck, I love my body. Like it takes work. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think like a lot more attainable place for people to move towards is body neutrality which I don't think is talked about enough yeah um I personally have never heard that rhetoric um but I think it 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 falls along a similar line of like for like mental health and Mm -hmm. like self-care and stuff like that of like toxic positivity Mm -hmm. um just like being open about the fact that like you're gonna have some hard days yeah it's gonna be a hard it's gonna be a hard journey and that's yeah. okay like that's yeah um it's also okay to have good days um so yes and i think sometimes it's even those little small things that stick with you and so i think it's really important to consider the things that you are saying to people and consider the impact that that may have on them like I know there's like many like stories of people being like oh yeah when I was really young like somebody told me I had a funny smile and now they only smile with their mouth closed Mm -hmm. or whatever it may be you know and I have like a lot of things that I carry um that I have learned throughout my life um and messages that I've been told that really impact me today and um, really impact my journey in intuitive eating and mechanical eating and so um, I think it's just really I think it's important to think about what you're saying because your words do matter yeah yeah thank you so much for all this conversation yeah of course um i also want to finish it off by just saying that if any of this resonated with you um that that can feel really uncomfortable and that's a very normal feeling i think that sometimes we do disordered things without knowing that they're disordered and yeah and I just want to say that like if you do feel like you have an unhealthy or obsessive relationship with food or you have a lot of hatred towards yourself and your body that you're not alone and that there is a very large community of people who feel that way um And there are a lot of resources out there to help you because it's not normal to feel that way. And I know that sometimes it can be really easy to feel like you're not sick enough because so-and-so is skinnier or so-and-so restricts more or so-and-so is having so-and-so like 
is obviously sick so like i obviously can't be sick i think that like those are very common thoughts to have and i just want to like really recognize that if you're having those thoughts like to just think about a something something to think about is that healthy people do not have those thoughts and i think it's important to recognize that like people don't go around wondering if they have eating disorders that is not a normal thing and if that is like something that resonates with you i really encourage you to reach out to somebody um because it really is a serious issue um it is the number two cause of death in mental health um illnesses and in many many situations it really is life or death kind of sad note to end on but um on that note um in the description of this episode as well as in our story and link tree on instagram we will provide um the nita hotline um previously mentioned in this episode yes yeah that was a heavy topic um but to move on to a lighter note we're gonna do bits and bites yeah uh would you like to go first this week yes as the guest i will do that um yeah so i'm going to play the song tangerine skies by correct me if i pronounce this wrong but uh d clan j donovan Declan? Uh, yeah, I think it's Declan, not Declan. <laughs> okay, well, oh, we don't that know. was a little embarrassing. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Losing days and working nights. Watch the hours ticking by. Funny how we drift apart. Keep the pace and drown the stress. 5 a.m. Tesco Express. I can't help but miss your heart. Yeah. Why don't you call me like you used to, call me like you used to, take me back Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Um, I chose this song because um, when I was in eating disorder treatment, I got, uh, we had a dance group, um, which was really fun. And when you graduated, you got to pick the song that we danced to. So when I graduated the program, this is that was the song that um, I chose for us to all dance to. Aw, that's yeah. sweet. That's a fun song. I like it. Yeah, it's good. good. Has a groovy beat. It does have a groovy beat. That's super cool. What's your song? My song is uh, "Cuff It" by Beyonce. <laughs> it's I've been seeing a lot of fun dance videos on TikTok, mm. and I've, I've been vibing with it. Yeah. 
also just a a groovy beat it is a groovy beat i liked it it's i'm getting a lot of dancing videos to that and uh honestly just all lizzo songs to be honest Mm, fair fair. there's this one that i can't think of right at this moment but lizzo's just lizzo and beyonce good vibes queen queens yeah what's your shiny bite from this week um um, my shiny bite from this week was I had an ice cream sandwich with um, cookies and cream ice cream in the middle, and it was really, really yummy. That sounds delicious. I've had, I think I had one of those yes. a couple weeks ago. Those were so Fire. good. So yummy. Um, I also feel like as a kid, they were always like so small, and you guys got like, you guys got, got, you guys got like thick, yeah. thick ones. Yeah. And, like, yeah, we got the Fat Boys, which is a slightly <laughs> unfortunate name, but it's okay. Oh, is that what they're like actually called? Yeah, they're called Fat Boys. Oh, interesting choice, but yeah. Well, they're tasty. Yeah, I yeah yeah they are. They're very very good. Definitely recommend them. Hmm. What was your shiny bite? My shiny bite is I made a crockpot dish. <gasps> Uh, I remember the crock pot. It was intended... Okay, so I got this recipe on Pinterest for, like, a crock pot, like, ranch chicken Ooh, mm-hmm. parmesan dish. Um, mine was a little bit skewed because I didn't have all the exact ingredients, mm-hmm. but it was fine. I made do. Um, so it was, like, a cream of... So the, the recipe called for, like, a cream of chicken base mm-hmm. with just, like, a generic... Not a generic, but, like, a regular ranch seasoning packet and Mm -hmm. then some other seasonings that went in um but all i had was a black parmesan ranch seasoning oh Um, uh so i just kind of hoped for the best and i had cream of mushroom as a base not cream of chicken it was pretty close yeah i was like "Eh." yeah my mom uses cream of mushroom for those things those are good substitutes yeah i'm like i i like cream of mushroom so i was like not not deterred by that substitute but the black parmesan seasoning i was a little nervous about because i've never cooked with that seasoning Mm -hmm. so i was like okay but it ended up turning out really good. Good. Um, I, good. I mixed up the, like, ratio of things. I had too much cream of mushroom and not enough seasoning. Mm. So it was, like, it was still really good because it was just, like, cream of mushroom chicken. It was really, really good. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, and, like, with a subtle hint of that black par- uh, black pepper parmesan. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, like, there was a little bit of spice in it, which was really cool. Um, and I just, I put it over rice and it was Ooh, yummy. so good and tasty. And I had it for, I had like, I had enough for leftovers, which I really, really like leftovers. I love leftovers. Um, cause it's like, I could have it hot or cold, which was really nice. Yeah. So that was really good. And like to go along with it, I made a, 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 a pasta salad, which was really good. <gasps> with, like, Yum. With like peppers and stuff in it, which was fire. Delish. I'm, I'm trying to learn how to cook. Yeah, I think the crock pot is going to be very helpful this winter. <laughs> nice, nice. So. And then you'll get nice, like, warm, yummy food. Yes. I'm so excited for winter. Oh, me too. I I don't, I dislike the summer. I'm very excited for it to get cold. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, I just want to remind everybody that food is your friend. And it is so yummy. Yeah. And it is fuel. And it is, um also so many other wonderful things because it gives you energy to hang out with your friends and go to dance parties and walk your dog and 
do whatever the fuck you want. And so yes. I hope that you could just continue to eat all the food that you want and eat whatever you want because oh, yeah. fucking life is too short to be sad and hungry all the time. Yeah. 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 You deserve to be happy. Mm-hmm. You deserve to eat yummy foods that satisfy you. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, thank you so much. Of course. Being, it was I so guess. fun. I'm, I, I mean, I love talking anyway, but I especially love when you're a guest on the podcast. Um, I'm hoping that this might be a regular thing. Um, being a guest on the podcast. Okay. And thank you to everyone for coming along this reflective journey with us today. Um, and always supporting the podcast. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, there will be resources in our link tree in the description of this episode on whatever platform you listen. And also attached to the story when we share the episode. Um, and we'll hopefully save, if I remember it try to save that story as well um yeah so if you want to learn more about these topics if you need support with these topics whatever it may be those resources will be available to you um we also still have all of our abortion resources uh for learning and support on our link tree as well so still available um thank you as always to leon kadam and ryan sherman uh for our art both graphic wise and music it makes our podcast whole um and yeah please share listen talk about our podcast uh so the school year is starting two days after this podcast comes out so we will see how the trend of episodes come out we will keep you updated on our instagram and twitter um, but for now, we'll just say that we're continuing the every two weeks. Um, yeah. Do you want to hear a joke before I sign off? Sure. I want to say one more thing. Okay. Um, also, if you have any questions or, like, concerns about anything that I said during this podcast, please feel free to DM the Shiny Things podcast on Instagram. Yes. And um, I can definitely help ease any worries yes thank you so much for that reminder of course i would love to hear a joke now cool why do dragons sleep during the day why so they can fight knights (laughs) (laughs) nice thanks (laughs) okay well that wraps up this episode of shiny things with another corny joke so see you in a couple weeks. Bye. Bye.